This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Hey there, friend. I hope you are really well and welcome to episode 27. We are rolling along. The idea for today's episode came to me after I was listening to another podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job by Kathy Haller. She has some really incredible guests. So I think if you're a creative, especially, it's very much worth subscribing. In this episode that I was listening to, she was interviewing a woman by the name of Ali Worthington. And I have to plead my ignorance here in saying that before I listened to this episode, I didn't know who Ali Worthington was. So Ali, if you're ever listening to this, I'm sorry, but I got so much out of your interview. Ali is a business coach and she's a fourth time author. She's about to release her fourth book next year. And she shared some really interesting behind the scenes thoughts on starting a business and some of those things in particular that are very much left unspoken about in the early days. As I was listening to this, it got me thinking, what if I was to go back and look at those first year, maybe second year that I opened up spots for coaching? What would I tell myself looking back now? And the reason why I wanted to share these four lessons that I've got with you for you today is that I know that business is a really wild adventure and it's a big leap for a lot of us, whether we're even starting out with a side hustle. It doesn't matter what scale you're leaping into, but it's a big deal. I get it. And I like to remind my clients that you don't know personal development until you start your own thing, being your business or your side hustle. Of all the four lessons that I'm about to share with you, and they're pretty meaty lessons, (laughs) mind you, there would be one thing that would come to mind or one thing that I would actually put above everything else. And that would be this concept of judgment, not judgment of other people out there doing business, but that judgment of myself, that self-judgment. So if I was to go back to those early days, one thing that would really help me to let go of judgment of myself is to continue to clarify what success was for me. And every single day, come back around to that version of success that I was working towards. I believe that if I continue to stay on my path, then I know that I'm what I'm doing is really true to me. And at the end of the day, that is what is most important, right? But sometimes we need a little reminding. Okay, let's get on with these lessons because like I said, they're pretty meaty. And lesson number one is letting go of expectations around time and how quickly things will happen for you in your business. 
If you're someone like me that has followed a similar journey, perhaps you go back to high school and you're thinking about your subjects, you're thinking about what career you're going to embark on, what study you're going to do at university, and then you head off to university and you do your three, four or five years of university, then you're catapulted into your working life, which I had a good five to 10 years of my working path at least laid out for me. And really, if I include my uh, time from school, there was a plan of about 15 years set. I knew exactly what the next 15 years was pretty much going to look like. You know how long your degree is going to take. Then you hit corporate life and you see everyone climbing the ladder around you. You know what's ahead of you and the average time it's going to take to hit those particular milestones. It's fairly linear in nature. The harder you work generally, the quicker these uh, milestones will happen for you. And I'd come from this corporate arena prior to starting my business. So in the back of my mind, I would have had some expectations that things would happen in business in the same linear fashion as they had happened in the corporate world. And for someone who had not started one single business before, I was literally starting from scratch when it came to acquiring business skills, except for working in my family businesses as a teenager. It was all down to me at this point. Little did I know I was going to have to learn some really valuable lessons around time. The lesson that I learned around time and those expectations we have around time and that we place on ourselves when it comes to starting our side hustle, growing it into a business, is that, yes, you you guessed it, nothing's linear in business and it won't always go to your one-year or your five-year plan. But this is actually a really good thing. The lesson I learned is that this uh, non-linear path is actually really exciting You can jump on and learn launch formulas and you can learn sales funnels, which have, uh, for the most part, fairly predicted outcomes by the people that are teaching them to you. But the thing nowadays is that what might have worked for that person that's teaching you that five years ago will not always work now. We're dealing with a... A digital age that is shifting and changing all the time. So of course, we can't always work to this linear path with this expectation if we do X, Y, and Z, then this will automatically happen. Now, the other thing is, is that when you start a business or a side hustle, you're learning a lot on the fly. You're also building reputation and you're building personal brand, which depending on how much you're willing to throw yourself in the the arena, I believe there is a direct correlation between this amount of visibility and how quickly you can uh, build that reputation and personal brand this is going to take time and it's going to also mean that you're going to need to practice with legit clients (laughs) and knowing at what point 
you're going to go from having one or two clients to having more clients than you can imagine. It's going to be relative to this uh, energy that you put into building your reputation, building your personal brand, building your value proposition, as I spoke about in episode 26. So knowing all of this, the best thing you can ask yourself is how much time do I want to, or how much time am I willing to put into this business or this side hustle? This business for you might be your full-time gig. So that's 40, 50, 60 hours plus, I imagine. And thinking about that, if you don't have hours and hours or a full-time capacity to spend on your business, are you okay if your goals take three years instead of that one-year time frame that you're putting on yourself right now? How quickly do your goals need to happen? Or the other end of the spectrum, because this can also happen for some people as well, am I going to be able to handle this business And have I got it set up with the processes and the structures that if it happened quicker than I expected, will I be able to handle it? Do I have the capacity? Um, Is that going to stress me out? Or am I going to know that I have as much as I can in place to handle that? So there's two sides to this time equation. And as I said earlier around judgment, Asking yourself these questions is going to loosen the grip of judgment because you are going to know how much time you're working with. And so there's going to be certain results as a reflection of how much time you've spent. And a final point I want to make on this is learning how to be your most efficient. Now, Firstly, hats off to all the mamas who are also in business because you have mastered efficiency to a T. I coach a lot of mamas and I really do get that you have limited time and you've got to do a lot with what limited time you have and be really efficient. And your business is going to require a lot of grit and hard work at times, 100%. It's not going to be easy. It may mean some late nights, may mean working on weekends. That's very much a reality. But what I do know is that when it comes to efficiency, something called the 80-20 rule always plays out. And that's known as the Pareto principle. And what this means or what this rule suggests is that 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. And this is a bit of a hard lesson that I'm really only just starting to get on top of and do a lot of review and analysis around now. But what I would say is, is that the earlier you can start to see, oh, I do this one thing and that's what gets me the most clients means that you might not necessarily have to spend 40 hours a week in your business. And I do know that there's some entrepreneurs out there that have really mastered this Uh, Pareto principle and so they don't need to spend as much time to get the kind of results that they want to get. Lesson number two is expectations around money. Yes, 
I'm going to talk about money again. It's one of my favorite subjects, but I feel like the more I give you observations, lessons and learnings around money, the more we are going to be able to support ourselves to grow our businesses in a really healthy and sustainable way that fulfills us and fulfills our needs. So coming back around to money again for lesson number two. The main point I want to make around money is very similar to our expectations around timeframes. So it's our expectations around how much money we are going to make. And this, again, comes back to like time. How much am I willing to put in? Am I okay if this takes three years instead of one year? But when it relates to money, ask yourself the question of whose benchmark am I looking at when it comes to earnings? What are you willing to invest in your business in order to get a return on? What are you willing to risk? Sometimes a large amount of risk is going to mean a higher return on investment. Not always, but for some of us, we're willing to have a lot of skin in the game. We're willing to put a lot on the line in order to get a bigger return. Now, like I said, this doesn't always mean that the more you risk, the more you earn. That's not always a relative equation. What I actually want to hit home here is the question of what level of risk are you comfortable with in starting your business or starting your side hustle? If I put it in the perspective of my own life and the fact that I have a long-term relationship. So there's some considerations there. We don't have dependence yet, but uh, we're working together to uh, build our wealth together. And so between us uh, over the last 10 or so years and more so my husband than myself, we've started multiple businesses, which means that we've been learning these lessons time and time and time again. And between us, it's really nice that we've shared this philosophy that we don't go into debt to start a business. So when I ask myself the question of what level of risk am I comfortable with, Initially, I would say that my initial investment in my business isn't going to require me to be in debt to get started. Uh, that may be different for another person. They may be willing to take out that bank loan or their business may require them to do that. We've chosen not to get bank loans. And if we have loaned something from a family member, it's always paid back uh, at some stage, whether it be when we sell the business or over time. And we also keep our living costs very lean. Now, this is something that Gary V talks about. Uh, he's going on a lot of rants around entrepreneurship and the reality of entrepreneurship. And one thing he talks about is keeping your expenses low so that you can have a profit first strategy. Uh, depending on the scale of business you're building, that might not apply to you, but I'm pretty sure that most of the women that I'm talking to right now, they're in business. Perhaps it's a side hustle to generate some extra money or eventually become a full-time thing. Or this is 
uh, you're a solopreneur and this is your gig. So you're not building a massive hundred million dollar startup looking for funding type of gig. Okay. And don't worry, we've never been on some type of uh, rice and beans diet for extended periods of time to keep our businesses alive. We actually eat really well and we eat uh, nice food. We eat organic food a lot of the time, but there isn't a lot of extra outgoings in our life. So that's 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 how we have chosen to start our businesses and maintain this idea of being low risk and keeping it lean. And the last three years in particular for both of us, when we have invested back into our businesses, we've always invested in ourselves first, being our mindset or business strategy rather than investments in the aesthetic side of the business, like a new website. And depending on what type of business you're in, these more aesthetic investments like a website might be really important to showcase your work. But again, we've always had a lean startup strategy. And of course, (laughs) the trade of having the lean startup strategy is do I DIY this or is it better for me to pay someone else to do it so that I can be out connecting with potential paying customers or clients. So sometimes that's the trade of keeping it lean and doing a lot yourself. And as we're growing our businesses, that is starting to change. But initially it was definitely very lean. (laughs) So in saying all of this, what was my favorite lesson around money over the last few years? I've got two things actually I want to say on this. One would be if I was to go back to the beginning again, I would be very careful how much I am influenced by marketers pitching their business models based solely on earnings potential. Because I know that that can be a really appealing reason why you start a business or why you start a side hustle. And it's definitely possible to expedite your earnings very quickly, depending on multiple factors. But just being very careful that uh, that's not resulting in me judging myself if I don't quite make that uh, initially. And just coming back again to that question of what does success look like for me? So I probably would say to anyone out there, be careful how much uh, people are projecting onto you in terms of earnings potential and selling you on those points because there's so many other things in the equation The other thing you need to do is look at your situation. Why are you going into business in the first place? What is your financial plan as it relates to your personal situation? And what are your long-term goals in terms of how you envision your life looking with this business being part of your life? Are you comfortable with some short-term adjustments to your life? I don't like to say sacrifices, but let's just use the word short-term adjustments for now in order to fulfill on those bigger goals that you might have. It's 
These are really, really great questions to ask yourself and may actually help you decide whether business is right for you right now, or maybe it's worth staying in your job for a little bit longer. And the second part of this money lesson is related to some really great advice that Amber Snowden gave in episode 23. She's from Zest Bookkeeping Solutions. And her biggest piece of advice was around legitimizing the money systems in your business. So the transactions, uh, the tax side, the um, profit and loss side of your business, legitimize all of those systems from the get-go. And what I know to be true looking back is that when you do have those systems in place, you feel so much more powerful about money because you're not scrambling when it comes to tax time. And you're also future-proofing yourself and allowing your business to grow because you have those systems in place. The last thing you want to do is be slowing your business down because you haven't paid your tax on time or you don't have any of these specific things set up. And there's this quote, uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, but if it were if you want to be an entrepreneur, then act now like an entrepreneur. If you want to be that millionaire, then act now as if, as if you're a millionaire. So I think that's one way that you could look at, look at it is that by future-proofing yourself and setting things up now, you're acting as if you are going to be that type of success that you're moving towards. Okay, number three Lesson number three is, will this business go to plan? (laughs) Now, every year that I continue to coach, I do more and more and more planning. The great thing about having some sort of plan in place for your year is that you have some structure and you have a framework for your year. So you know what to expect, you know what's happening when, you can plan other elements of your life around those things. And I'm also less reactive. I'm not putting on a workshop because of the sake of it's it's already planned in there. But with this in mind, I also know that in the early days of business, you are very much in this uh, cycle of testing, experimenting and getting feedback. So you test, experiment, get feedback and it's this constant loop that you're in as you adjust your products and services to meet the needs of your potential clients and customers and it's being able to really listen through this process to what you need. So on one hand you're doing all this planning and on the other hand you're executing in such a way that is not always very structured. So what was my lesson in terms of will my business go to plan? If I have a plan is it going to go to that plan? Now my biggest opportunity here is that obviously Yes, it will go to plan to a certain extent, but for me, the real lesson in terms of planning is it reduces my anxiety and I feel less rushed when it comes to these big events or these big milestones on the calendar. So that is my biggest lesson is over the years, 
in the beginning, very, very loose plans, pretty much no plans at all, very much reactive in the way that I acted. And now I'm far more planned and therefore far less uh, reactive and feel less anxious about the way things are going. But I also want to put an exclamation point right here because there's a flip side of this. And that's around this constant loop of testing and experimenting and getting feedback that you'll especially be doing in the beginning or as you go to launch a new product or service. And with that, what you need to do is cultivate these strengths of agility and letting go, especially when things don't go to plan. So what do I mean by agility? Agility is one of the key problem solving skills that I'm very, very thankful that I learned in a high paced retail environment when I worked for Lululemon. And when things are moving fast, when you're busy, sometimes you'll be required to ditch the plan that you had for months and try something else. Or you'll be required to problem solve in the moment to keep a customer or a client's expectations being met. So whilst everything can go to plan, for the most part, you also need to have this underlying strength of agility. Super, super, super important. And to add to that, I would also say practice as often as you can, letting go. If you have to be agile, how quickly can you move on from your original plan? Especially if you want your business to stay alive, then you will be required at times to shift focus and to move with the change in technology, to move with the shifting needs of your client as they grow and as your reputation and your personal brand grows, your original plan might not suffice right now. And so learning to let go of the plan, but then also let go of something, if you have to let go of a plan, you might perceive that as a failure. So where possible, let go, be agile and move on. (laughs) Alrighty, number four, this is the final thing that I would say I wish I knew more about in those early days. And that is validating your business idea at speed. So what does this mean? This means things like beta testing, starting out with small groups, delivering lots and lots of high value content via these amazing free social media platforms or in person. I'm an advocate of both to help you with this process of refining your product and your service and very, very, very quickly knowing intimately who you want to serve. And I would say that for me, uh, this has been a huge lesson and it's probably taken me a lot longer than I would have liked looking back in reflection to cultivate this uh, quality in myself and therefore get to the point where I know 100% this is exactly who I'm serving and this is what I can do for them because in the early days I was a little bit slower off the mark with these things like beta testing starting with small groups um, so that's just something to note there if you are in the early stages I would encourage you to be doing a lot of this as much as 
you have time to do. And if you're a side hustler, you actually have a massive competitive advantage right now because you can do as much of this as you want and you're not necessarily reliant on all the income from your business to keep you afloat, to keep your family going, to keep you alive and kicking. So this is a really great skill for you to learn right from the get-go. And the big lesson in this is particularly important for all of the women out there who consider themselves a recovering perfectionist. And what is the lesson? Well, I'm still learning about perfectionism myself, but in reality, what I do know is that when I am really stuck in this perfectionist mindset, I'm actually hiding I'm designing the thing more than I'm actually taking action on it. I'm sitting journaling ideas before I'm uh, creating and doing all of these things behind the scenes, doing more hiding than I am doing acting. And thankfully, I have my husband uh, who very much shows me the way in terms of committing to validating your idea at speed because he works at ex- extreme speeds (laughs) and he has very much adopted this notion of create over consume and what I'm seeing for him in particular is that that will really expedite the validation process in terms of validating your idea knowing who it is you want to serve and how you can help them second to this is that When we learn to validate our our idea at speed, we become really connected in a beautiful, intimate way to our client or customer. We know exactly who they are. We know more details than what we think we need to know, which is perfect, 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 perfect. And what I've learned is that getting to know your client is a continual process. It's about building a relationship. It's about listening, 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 listening as much as you can to them and not uh, listening for five minutes and then turning around and saying, I've got it. I know exactly what you want because this is exactly what I wanted five years ago when I was in that situation. It's about meeting their needs where they are right now. And that that's a really hard skill, but it's a really amazing one if you can learn to get your head around that. Wow, we. Okay, that was a huge podcast with so much detail in it. Only four lessons, but a lot of lessons within lessons there. So I hope you stayed with me through all of that. This process that I did for this podcast of reflecting and then, of course, as a result, uh, taking action. Some of these lessons I've learned not just now, but I learned them uh, a year or maybe two years ago is really, really crucial to get your head around. I want to make this final point really clear to you because if you can do this at least once a year, if not a few times a year, you are going to expedite things in your business. Things are going to move a little bit quicker and it's a crucial skill to learn. Our ability to learn something and then act based on that learning is 
a really awesome hallmark of a leader and someone who is really keen on building a business that serves people in a beautiful way. It's super, super rewarding as well when we can see things and then change them, be agile, let go, all of those things is going to help the rest of our life. Yes, it's eye-opening. And sometimes you will realize, oh, that was a bit of a blind spot. But this is the amazing thing about running your own show, about having your own side hustle, about being in control, is that you get to have that personal development journey as a result. It's, it's wonderful. It's amazing. And I love it. I hope that you have loved this episode. I very much enjoyed putting this together. And if you resonated with it, be sure to share it. Be sure to share it with one of your business besties. Uh, If you've got someone in your life that's thinking about starting their own side gig or they're in the early days, these are some really, really awesome reflection pieces and I know they will help them. What I would love to to hear from you right now is what your biggest lesson has been if you are someone that has started a business, has been in business for years even, it does not matter. I want to hear what that is. So flick me a DM on Instagram, uh, send me an email, hello at rubymarsh.com, send me a text, whatever way that you have to get to me. Please let me know what what you've learned from this or what your lessons are because perhaps I can learn from that or someone else might be able to as well. And finally, as promised, there will be one more episode before the new year closes in, before the clock turns over to 2020, as crazy as it sounds to say that. I'm very excited for the new year and what we have in store for the True to You podcast and Uh, in my business as well. For some of you on my email list, you would have got a heads up around that. If you're going to be joining me for that uh, offering, I look forward to seeing you in January. I will share a little bit more around this uh, in my social media. So stay tuned for that. But above all else, I want to wish you a happy holidays. Please, please stay really safe. Look after yourself. Uh, Most importantly, take some time to chill. Go to the beach, put your feet on the beautiful earth, whatever you need to do to reconnect with yourself. This is the time to do it. This is the most important time to do it. And I'll be speaking to you very soon. Hey there, girlfriend. Podcasts are incredible, aren't they? But of course, as you probably know, the real magic happens when you take those concepts you've learned and apply them directly to your life through daily action. If you're yearning to find more meaning in your work, then I want to invite you to take that daily action by joining me in my one-on-one mentoring program, The Unstoppable Woman. To find out more, head to rubymarsh.com slash private mentoring. I cannot wait to take the journey with you.